Ion 2020, episode 22. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, this is Ray Eaton, your host of Eye on 2020, the podcast that's going to bring you all of the news and information and the platforms of the candidates that are going to be running in the 2020 election. There's lots of candidates that are out there now just lining up left and right for the Democratic Party. And uh, they are, you know, dipping their toes in the water like Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And there's people that have jumped all in like Tulsi Gabbard and a few others, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and a few others as well. And they are, you know, just out there on Twitter, just talking up the storm about any issue that they can get their hands on, talking themselves up as if they are the ones that are the dream candidate for you for the 2020 election. If you're a Democrat, you might be, you know, jumping on board with some of those guys. If you're a Republican or a uh, independent or anything, you might, you know, have mixed feelings about these Democrats. You know, if you're an independent, you might have mixed feelings against Donald Trump as well. So, it just depends upon where you stand politically. Even some Republicans are against Donald Trump. So, uh, But we have an interesting interesting lineup of people that are lining up to run against Donald Trump in the presidency. We have independents that are starting to talk, you know, dip their toes in the water as well, like the uh, CEO of, uh, of Starbucks, or the ex-CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz. And you have the, um, the governor, or not the governor, sorry, the mayor, uh, Michael Bloomberg of New York City been talking about running as independents. They might run as Democrats, who knows, but most likely they're going to run as independents. That's what they're saying if they do. And there's this, there's people on all sides that are saying that that would be a bad thing because it's just going to, you know, take votes away from the Democratic nominee and so forth. We got libertarians lining up to run. We have all kinds of things. I mean, it's, it's starting to get a little bit more exciting as the days progress. We're about to go into February of 2019 right now, I'm recording in January, the end of January 2019. And it's, you know, you're just starting at this point to have people dip their toes in the water, decide where they're going to run. I've even seen somebody that pulled out from running as a Democrat already. So these people, if they're not getting a little bit of traction at all, then they're probably going to go ahead and uh, and quit the, you know, quit running for election. But you can see if you look at these Democratic nominees, if you look at their their Twitter feeds, I'm starting to see a lot of, uh, you know, some of them are getting lots and lots of followers, lots of likes, lots of shares of their tweets from people that are, you know, supporters of them that are getting exciting about their candidacy. But then there's other ones that if you look at their tweets, they have three people sharing it, three people liking that particular uh, tweet that they did. I mean, they're just not getting a lot of traction. And one of those was like Tom, I think it was Tom Delaney. I was looking at his Twitter feed 
and he's just, you know, he's going to run as the middle ground kind of guy, the rational, the rational Democrat that wants to kind of take the middle road and not stir things up too much. That typically does not work very well in a primary. They say with the Republicans, you got to, you got to hang to the right during the primaries and then kind of cut center during the during the actual election once you're going against the democrat and same thing with democrats you gotta go hard left especially now they gotta go really hard left i was saying that in another podcast recently those guys they gotta go hard left as a democrat right now because that's kind of the popular view of democrats is you know we're for single-payer health care we're for medicare for all we're for you know making college free things like that like that's kind of the the popular mantra within the Democratic Party right now, so whoever that candidate's going to be is going to have to go hard left. They're not going to be able to make a rational decision because the base, the ones that are going to vote, the ones that are going to be making phone calls for them, those guys are the, the those guys are a little bit more hard left as well right now. So you have that younger voter block. You have the a lot of the 1960s anti anti war movement people, the hippies type people, and so forth or the, the ones that claimed they were hippies back then, that are, you know, those are the people that are going to be voting, and they're kind of more of a hard-left group. That's fine, whatever they want to be. I don't care, I'm a libertarian, do what you want. But those people are going to be the ones that are voting, so the, whoever the candidate's going to be, I suspect is going to be a little bit more hard-left. And that's why there is room for a independent candidate right now to run, because they're going to be able to take the position of, well, we all hate Trump, blah, 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 and this Democratic candidate is a right or a left-wing socialist that practically wants communism, so maybe somebody that's an independent is going to be able to bring, you know, more sanity to this, to this election, and that's why an independent seems like it might be a good opportunity this year for that. Just like, you know, 2016, when you had uh, Hillary Clinton running against Donald Trump, and you did have a lot of turnout for third-party candidates as well. Not as many turned out for, like, the libertarian candidate as did back when, like, Ross Perot ran against Bush and Clinton way back when. But you still have a lot of people that were not happy with the two candidates that were offered. So there you were looking at those candidates and you said, well, maybe I'll vote for a Libertarian or a Green Party candidate and so forth. So there was a lot of turnout for third parties as well. Well, this year, maybe there's going to be an opportunity for an independent. Who knows? But everyone says that that's going to just ruin, ruin, you know, the Democrats' chances and so forth. So anyway, here we are. We have an exciting lineup going right now. A lot of people are starting to get onto Twitter, and that's what I kind of want to talk about today, was this Venezuela issue right now. I don't know if you guys know what's going on in Venezuela. If you follow the news, you probably have a general idea of what's going on with Venezuela, but we have this some major things going on in Venezuela with the election of Maduro, who is their president, who's been the president for the last couple of years, and when uh, Hugo Chavez died, he took over as the president, and he got reelected about a week or so ago. But there was controversy over that, said so that the elections were rigged and so forth. And 
one of the people that was running against him declared himself to be the president, the interim president, and the United States went ahead and backed that guy. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today is the the candidates and their specific reactions to this because it kind of it will tell where they are at from a foreign intervention standpoint. And as a libertarian, I've always felt that the anti-war message, the anti-foreign intervention message is probably the most bipartisan, I guess I hate to use that word, but the <clears throat> the place where libertarians and the left can come together the easiest is on the anti-war, anti-intervention method or message whenever the left obviously does not have a president in the White House because we all know that the anti-war, anti-Bush, anti-war people, as soon as Barack Obama got elected, they just fell silent. So we all know that. But when there is a Republican in office, we got to take advantage of that the best that we can as libertarians. We have to find common ground with these people on the left, with these, liber- or with these uh, liberals, with the Democrats. And the one issue that we should be in agreement on is anti-intervention in foreign countries and anti-war. And uh, so that's what I wanted to talk about today because we all know where, where Donald Trump stands right now, right? We do. He is wrapping up the wars in Syria. He's all like today he's been talking about getting rid of or wrapping up the war in Afghanistan. They're negotiating with the Taliban, which nobody ever said that that would happen, and he's doing that. So I I fully support Donald Trump in that. The news gets all riled up that says that he's pulling out irresponsibly in everything. But that's not what's irresponsible is us being in engaged in these wars for the last you know, 18 years since 2001 and over in Iraq and, you know, the, the, the things that we stirred up over there, which eventually caused ISIS to rise up. Now, supposedly we beat ISIS back and Donald Trump wants to pull out of Syria without a timeline, but he's kind of pushing. It seems like he's prodding these people away from Syria, even though the, the hawk, the hawks in his administration the neocons in his administration are really trying to degrade what he says, say that he didn't really mean it, tell the press that we're not really pulling out of Syria, but on every chance that, that Trump gets, he's trying to pull away from Syria as well as Afghanistan. Now, he's starting to move towards a let's pull out of Afghanistan within the next 18 months. They're negotiating with the Taliban. Hopefully, we don't lose any more soldiers in a useless war over there and they get to come home and we get to start pulling the United States starts pulling back away from those wars but we know where Trump stands on those issues but now he's starting to ramp up this idea of a war in Venezuela he's starting to talk about no I don't actually take I take that back he's not talking about going to war in Venezuela He's saying all options are on the table. Now, that's typical Trump, right? He always says there's all options on the table. He said that with North Korea, that all options are on the table. But he is willing to talk with the North Korean leaders. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that that's just tough talk from from Donald Trump. But if you look at his past, he's been 
for like against foreign intervention in these countries. So I don't know for sure where he stands. He has to stand up as a, I guess, as a leader of the United States and saying that all options are on the table. And when people freak out about that, I think that they're they're maybe getting a little bit, you know, hyped up over this. But then again, you know, if all options are on the table, that's what he says. All options are on the table. So they just need, I mean, he's, we're not sure exactly where Donald Trump stands is what I mean. Now, let's, let me get into the article that I wanted to talk about because that'll just describe the situation in Venezuela, describe America's talk on Venezuela, and then we can get into the candidates and what their, what their ideas are, what, what they've spoken about with regards to America intervening in the elections in Venezuela. Okay, so this article is from CNN and is written by Stefano Pazbon and uh, Joshua Berenger and Sheena McKenzie. CNN on January 30th, Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. And it starts off, the uh, it says, Venezuela's, Venezuela braced for protests as moves against Juan Guaido deep in crisis. Okay, so let's go on. This is from Caracas, Venezuela. Large protests are expected in Venezuela Wednesday in the wake of a Supreme Court move to freeze Juan Guaido's bank accounts and impose a travel ban on the self-declared interim president. Opposition leader Guaido, who declared himself president last week in a challenge to incumbent incumbent, sorry, Nicolas Maduro called on his supporters to take to the streets as the court's chief justice announced the restrictions on Twitter late Tuesday. The political crisis gripping the country deepened as Guaido urged protesters to demand that the powerful Venezuelan military sides with the opposition. Venezuela army defectors have also made a plea to the United States to supply weapons and move the opposition forward. Is that insane or what? So they're pleading with the United States to give them weapons so they can move the opposition forward. So what they want to go in and essentially take over the country in a military way, in a you know, with the use of force. And although Maduro is not a saint whatsoever, I don't support him as a leader. I just think that it's wrong for the United States to declare somebody else the president at that time all it does is is get the base of people that are you know protesting in the streets and so forth it gets them riled up it gets them more active in taking over this government and that's fine if people in a country want to protest that's their right but it shouldn't be egged on by the United States and that's my problem is we should not be egging on these protests at all I mean, that to me, that's a, that that's a very slippery slope when we do that. So, earlier Tuesday, the country's attorney general announced that Guado, leader of the democratically elected Venezuelan National Assembly, was under investigation despite the fact that members of parliament are typically immune from prosecution. So Maduro is t- basically looking into this guy and is going to put a travel ban on him, try to seize his assets and so forth, and while the United States has literally just taken this guy and embraced him, I have heard that he only got 20% of the vote. That's what I've heard. Now, in a country like that where there's essentially a dictator, 20% of the vote for presidency 
versus Maduro, who probably got a huge majority of the vote. I'm not sure how true those election results are. That's just me. I'm skeptical of it. But is it really the my my main point is is it the United States right to get involved in these elections? That's that's my main point. So as this as this um crisis, I guess you'd say continues, I think that the challenge is going to be, you know, where where does America stand on this, right? Um we're supporting some guy who gets 20% of the vote and he has people that are willing to get out there and protest and they're going to protest in the streets on a daily basis. There's a lot of people that are very unhappy with the Venezuelan government. I'm sure about that. Uh, most people are the, the inflation rate has been skyrocketing in the last several years. You know, it, they, they don't have food. They don't have new thing, you know, resources coming in their oil, their oil drilling capacity has diminished the price of oil went down so it really you know screwed up their economy and so forth they were dependent upon cheap oil or excuse me expensive oil and that money is flowing into the country i mean back in 2001 2002 2003 they said that venezuela was like the greatest socialist mecca in the world and then over the course of time you know it's just it's just fallen apart that's the way socialism is when you're robbing from the rich constantly, the rich slowly trickle away. I, I actually, I remember back in college meeting people that were living in America from Venezuela. Their parents would put them up in houses here. They would buy houses here. They'd put them up in houses in college. And the idea was to get those kids to be able to stay in America. But also, I'm sure a lot of it was laundering some of that money into America because it would be stolen from them in Venezuela. So you have a country that's completely socialist and it's, it's falling apart. That's fine. Now, Russia and China are backing Maduro, while America and a lot of other countries are back, backing the opposition. I just think that it's, it's not our place. It really is not our place to be involved in this. Especially, I mean, this guy, he got 20% of the vote. That's fine. But he has people that are rallying in the streets for him as well. But if we took that entire standard, if that was the standard that we took in America... That or if the entire world took that, then I remember when Donald Trump was elected back in you know 2016, and he took the he after the election. I think it was the very next day there was the great women's protest in Washington and all over the country. And then multiple times since then, there's been these huge protests against Donald Trump. If they took that standard, would it be okay for all the other countries in the world to not recognize Donald Trump as the leader of America? Would that be the case? We have our own rules. We have our own laws. We have our own system of doing things. And it's not okay for other countries to get involved in our politics. So when something happens in Venezuela and we're not okay with it, we want Maduro out. Or not we, but America and America's leaders, especially the neocons, want Maduro out. Is it okay to get involved in their election system? Is it okay to get involved in their issues. I don't think so. I think it's completely wrong. Absolutely wrong. And uh, here here Trump is, he's pulling, I love what he's doing, he's pulling back on the, on the wars in Afghanistan, he's pulling back on the wars in Syria. I think he has a non-interventionist, um, his views are non-interventionist, but 
he's he's willing to intervene even by making that statement that they're that they're going to recognize the opposition leader as the president by doing that it emboldens the people of that country the 15 or 20 percent that are followers of this guy to maybe shoot for revolution and to be honest with you when they're asking the united states for weapons that's fermenting revolution at that point right is that okay i don't think so when when we do this in other countries it always causes blowback it really does it causes blowback uh i mean every country that it's happened that 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 america gets involved in like that there's some kind of blowback and that's what we're looking at with um with a lot of the stuff that happens in the middle east right now so will this cause blowback ultimately it will also, there's several countries that lend a lot of money to Venezuela that specifically is China and Russia. They are huge creditors of Venezuela and they support the current regime. So when these countries stand to lose billions of dollars because America is trying to overthrow the current government, where does that, does that not create ultimately and possibly a proxy war? So you have Maduro, who has the military backing. He has the ability and the power to force people or conscript people into the military and fight against the opposition 20%. Does that put America in a position that we get into another Vietnam-type scenario, and I've heard people talking about this, where we're fighting against, or America is sending troops into Venezuela to support the the opposition against Madero. Does that happen? I don't know. I, I'm, it's too, it's way too soon to tell. It's just something that I wonder if that can happen. I've also heard talk of this potentially leading to World War III and everything. I think that that's way overhyped. I don't think that we're going to be getting to that. I really do think that Donald Trump, in recognizing this guy, um, made a mistake. I really do. I think that going down the road that we're going down. Um, honestly, I think that he made that mistake of, of recognizing the opposition leader, but I think that he's also just trying to play hardball and saying that all options are on the table. And ultimately, they're going to force Maduro's hand into talking and negotiating and so forth. And hopefully that's the case. That's the best case scenario right now. The worst case scenario is more American foreign intervention in a country that we should not be in. So let's go ahead, though, and take a look at the statements from some of these candidates because that's what I wanted to look at is I want to see what they're publicly saying about Trump's idea of foreign intervention in Venezuela, and uh, that's what we'll look at. So the first candidate I look at is uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and she was pretty expl- She's actually been pretty explicit on her ideas of non-aggression against other countries, anti-foreign intervention from the very beginning. That is what she's running her campaign on. And she has been pretty explicit. She says this, Tulsi Gabbard on Twitter on January 28th in that 2019, she says, it's about the oil again. Bolton just exposed real motive for intervention in Venezuela. We're in conversation with major American companies now. 
it would make a difference if we could have American companies produce the oil in Venezuela. We both have a lot at stake here. And that is responding to John Bolton, who basically, blanket statement, said that we're doing this for the people of Venezuela, and hey, wouldn't it be great if American companies can go in there and get this oil out? It would, it would, we'd make some money off of it, essentially, is what he said. So, it's about the oil again. Venezuela does sit on the largest reserves of oil in the world, and it's not maintained well. They have terrible, they, I mean, they, they, they took over the, they took over, the state came in and took over all the oil drilling in the country, and then I think they ended up bringing some American companies in slowly to try to fix some of the problems, but what John Bolton was saying is that he would like to take over Venezuela, essentially, so we can, you know, get that oil out of the ground, and that's what Tulsi Grabber says, so she is, seems like she's against all that foreign intervention specifically, and I will support her in that. That's what her public statement has been pretty much on this. And then I'm looking through, and all most of these other candidates seem like they're silent on this issue, which surprises me. I'm looking for um, some of the other candidates. Let's see, with Hillary Clinton... I just was trying to look her up and see if she's said anything on this issue, and I don't find anything on her. Bernie Sanders has relatively been silent on this issue as well. Joe Biden has been pretty much silent on this issue. I haven't found anything on uh, Kamala Harris either on these issues. They're more focused in on the campaign and talking up how they are going to be so much different than Donald Trump. Um... Elizabeth Warren has been very silent on this issue as well. I was looking for something from her on this Venezuela issue, and I couldn't find anything. And then we got um, Kirsten Gillibrand has been silent on this issue. I was looking for more on her as well. And some of the speculative, speculated candidates, uh, Cory Booker has been silent on this issue, and so has Julian Castro. Um, they're out campaigning. Maybe they're not keeping up with the news on this. But you would think that there would be somebody speaking up on this issue with regards to foreign intervention. Now, I think that, I mean, if you look at Kirsten Gillibrand, she's been pretty hawkish on foreign intervention and so forth in the past. So I'm not going to, I mean, I, I think that she might be more willing to support intervention in another country same with maybe Joe Biden I think I, I would think Elizabeth Warren would come out in opposition to anything that's going on over in Venezuela or the intervention I guess in in Venezuela maybe publicly or state hey maybe we need to have new elections let's get some fair you know some people to oversee the election because I mean even in America we have you know, foreign countries come in and oversee the elections in some ways, right? Just to make sure everything is done legitimately. And Kamala Harris, I thought that she might say something as well, but she's the lady that's from uh, California, and she was a prosecutor, so she might be a little bit more hawkish. I don't know. I thought that she was a little bit less hawkish, though, maybe, but she's not making that a, a center point of her campaign, though. She's She's making... She's, she's not making, you know, international issues 
she's well center point of her campaign she's making domestic issues the center point of her campaign and most of these people are the only one that i've seen is tulsi gabbard who has been the one that is stating publicly that this is wrong and that we should not get involved in these other countries and the only reason what we are is because of the oil so that's where we stand on that issue and i just wanted to bring that up to you today i wanted to share with you that because that is a point of contention for me is that democrats are typically supposed to be anti-war and it seems like the only ones that are against the foreign intervention is it's like i said one person tulsi gabbard and that's it the rest of them have been pretty much silent on the issue but they're more than willing to speak up about all kinds of other crazy stuff as well um but on the most important things which is the which is foreign intervention the loss of american soldiers overseas things like that these people seem to be silent on those issues but maybe they're just trying to protect their campaign donations from the uh the military industrial complex who knows and to go ahead and bring on my last segment because i just wanted to talk about one other thing is we have a libertarian candidate that is running for office and he ran in 2016 and he might just be the most controversial candidate in the election right now and that is going to be john mcafee he's running for president for the 2020 election and he says that he's looking to get seek the nomination of the libertarian party it says here and this is a from crypto insider and uh from 18 hours ago so that way from yesterday the 29th of january 2019 and he says while this says while on the run from the Inter- internal revenue service cryptocurrency advocate and influencer john mcafee is campaigning for the 2020 united states presidential election john mcafee founder of mcafee associates which was the antivirus software we all know that um he's also a cryptocurrency influencer now he is the irs is charging him with not paying taxes and then they put out a warrant for his arrest apparently and so he went on the run he's on the run he's no longer in america but he's running for president for 2020 uh to get the limit libertarian party's nomination that's wonderful the guy is uh the guy is he, he seems like he's a little bit crazy sometimes he has some crazy views sometimes he's a very charismatic guy smokes cigarettes drinks a lot does drugs whatever um but the views that he has is hey government leave me alone if i want to hurt myself i can if uh, anyone wants to do what they want to they can it's a very libertarian type view right but yeah he might be the most controversial controversial candidate for the u.s presidency right now and especially since the fact that he is wanted by the law and he went overseas like he literally took a boat and uh and departed america and what's he calling it he was calling it the freedom boat and he says matt it says mcafee said he will continue to run his campaign on the freedom boat fighting for the crypto space uh today crypto community we are at war he says and i am on the front lines so it's really uh just an interesting interesting turn of events for him and there he is he's running for the presidency in 2020 now i hopped onto his website as well and uh he says i I thought this was pretty funny he says he says 
Any attempt to address national problems of any nature is doomed to be doomed to failure. The best that can be hoped for is a solution driven by conflict and incomplete in substance. Until we free ourselves, we are powerless to create any real change. And since our insane government keeps massive secrets from us and is masterful at disinformation, there is not a single national issue that we know the true state of. How, then, can we address it? You cannot fix what you cannot see. Totally agreed. Our government is completely focused in on the two-party politics, secrets about everything, and keeping information away from the public and disinformation when they can. So then he finally says, so do not ask me about immigration, foreign relations, education, etc. I have no idea. Those claiming that they do are lying to themselves, or if not, they are purposely lying to you. We must first be free. Freedom for the people is my only goal. I like what he's saying. I really do. As a libertarian, I like what he's saying. <coughs> he might be a fun candidate to watch. And libertarians, a lot of people seem to like him. I think he was one of the top contenders for the libertarian nomination, you know, two years ago, whenever Gary Johnson got nominated for the, for the uh, nomination for the Libertarian Party. But he was a strong contender. People liked him. I think he's been talking about trying to get that Libertarian nomination again for several years. So maybe he will. Who knows? Um, I just, honestly, I mean, it, it, it might not be good for the party to have something that's so controversial. But I'm not too much of a party guy myself. Um, I typically don't vote, so it probably would not be beneficial to take my view on these guys. I think that the Libertarian Party should be specifically about educating the public towards a more liberty-focused mindset. And when you have a person that's going to be on a national stage like the Libertarian candidate, I think that they should have a be well-spoken, able to address controversial topics unapologetically, and then bring a lot of these issues that we believe into the forefront, specifically non-aggression and anti-intervention, anti-interventionist policy. I think that those are a few issues that are key, uh, and they seem to resonate with the American people. And you typically, if you have, if you focus on those issues, I think that that that's a winning that's a winning strategy. But when you're focused on freedom for the people is my goal, which that's what Mackenzie says, that's a pretty good goal to have. If he can be a well-rounded spokesman for the for the party, I think that he might do well. But he's very controversial. He's going to get nothing but bad publicity. Um, but that's fun. I mean, it'll be fun to watch him. Oh, and then I just wanted to say one more thing. I think he went out and bought like 5,000 masks that look like him. Since he can't come to America during his events, he's going to speak through a loudspeaker and he's going to have like 500 people sitting there with his mask on. Oh, this is going to be so funny to watch. It's going to be great. You guys are going to, I mean, just follow this guy because of that. If he's speaking through a loudspeaker to an audience with 500 people wearing his mask, oh my God, that's going to be spectacular to watch. I can't wait for the first event that they do. That would be, I mean, I will definitely be watching. So I'm following the guy on, on Twitter right now. Uh, I think I'm going to follow his 
his Facebook page and whatever other stuff he has just so I know what's going on because this is going to be sick to watch. It's going to be so funny. I hate to call it a, a uh, SHI, you know the last letter show, but uh, it may just be that as well, but this will be funny. It'll be at least entertaining, and hey, that's what I want for 2020, entertainment, because this show that you are listening to right now is called Eye on 2020, and this show is going to bring you all the news events and the wacky stuff of the 2020 elections, so keep tuning in. I'm going to help you to have clear vision on the 2020 election with ION2020. Go ahead and share this show with your friends, review it, and if you haven't done it yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button because your view is going to be clear when you keep your eye on 2020 with me.